0: Packed and ready to go. In this episode, hitting the road post-lockdown, social distancing in our parks and campsites and the planning app that should be on every road tripper's device.
1: Welcome to the World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alerts, information about coronavirus and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling.
0: I love John's voice. Hi, it's Kim and Phil with you. A huge thanks for joining into our special episode exploring road tripping. And in this episode, we won't discuss specific routes necessarily, but rather tune in to four experts discussing the rise of road travel as borders open and travel restrictions begin to ease amid COVID-19. And it is worth
2: noting as the US started opening up their economies, COVID cases began to spike again in some areas by as much as 25%. And according to our friend, Christine. Tunner, head of world nomads for the Americas um, there's been uh, there has to be some sort of consideration in how people do a road trip to minimize further spread.
0: Well, that's what's attractive about road trips, right? Yep. Now, Christina says places with campsites and inherit social distancing, like national and state parks, will be the preferred destinations. She also says many are allowing people in only by strict daily caps and reservations, and some fill are even denying entry to out-of-state visitors. Yeah,
2: you're normal, isn't it? Yeah. Our first chat is with Joel from Harvest Hosts, which we'll explain about shortly. But we should put it out there, as it pops up during this episode, Kim, you're a huge fan of road travel.
0: I am indeed. Now, we converted an LDV G10 diesel delivery van and sadly it was just before the pandemic so we haven't been able to use it but have since managed one road trip as restrictions are lifted here in New South Wales, in Australia. Uh, we went to a cattle farm near a place called Mudgie, which is known for its produce and its wine. Now, our setup is the lead image on the website for this episode, by the way, so you can have a, a look. But they had social distancing rules in place, Phil, especially around the drop toilets where everything had to be wiped down after you used it with sanitizer, And if you were lining up you, for the lose you had to maintain that 1.5 metre distance, but 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 as for the site itself, it's a cattle farm. It was huge. It was so big, it was easy to keep away from others. Anyway, that's my story. Uh, We kicked (laughs) off asking Joel, it's not about me, if 2020 is a banner year for road travel.
3: Yes, hard stop. Interview's over. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, it's funny, like rarely is there a question with such an easy answer. I think it was very speculative back in March It was a lot of up in the air of like, whoa, like what's going to happen? And everyone kind of paused. We saw our memberships, uh, new memberships, really dropped off a cliff. Everyone was kind of nervous about the unknown. What we're seeing now uh, is that everything's exploding in the RV world. So our business is up four hundred percent versus this time last year. Um, We're seeing rental companies like Outdoorsy and RV Share also up four hundred percent. So I think. People are, number one, they're ready to get back to traveling. And number two, RVing is a very safe way to do it. You know, even amidst this COVID crisis, um, you know, what is safer than being in your own RV in a spacious area, you know, without crowds? So, yes, I think this is the year. I think this is the year and I hope it lasts because you and I probably agree. RVing is a pretty wonderful thing to do. Sure is. In in fact,
0: as I've sat at home for three months during this COVID lockdown, I want to avoid anything that's hectic and I want to avoid expectation. So jumping in the van for me and just disappearing somewhere is. Is what I'm going to do for the rest of the year and moving forward. If I can convince my husband to leave his job,
3: yeah. Well, <laughs> man, that's so funny. We're about the same. I I'm trying to convince my wife to leave her job for the same reasons. I'm like, this is our opportunity to just like be nomads, yes. and 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 travel, right? So, um, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, yeah. please wish me luck too.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that. Otherwise, we could meet halfway, somewhere and just be travel buddies. So, yeah, Sorry. you you've done it for a year. So, just for those that that haven't and are dabbling their toes in this world of Rving, what is the attraction
3: freedom I mean again, it, like it's a one word answer, but I think it really captures it for us for my wife and I, we got into RVing um like six years ago, and the concept in our heads were like, well, wouldn't it be nice to do a road trip? It seems so freeing and, and like open and exciting when we did it, we fell in love with it. I mean it really is like true unbridled freedom. You make a decision every day about where, whether you want to go anywhere or not, where you want to go. you want to go east, west, north, south? It's great, right? And, and for people like us, I love traveling, but I don't like sticking to strict plans, right? Like I feel like travel's most exciting where you let it take you where it wants and air travel doesn't do that. Hotel travel doesn't do that. You have to be very structured about where you're going to be and when. And in the RV, like you wake up every morning and make your destiny. I think that's super cool. There's so many unknowns. And to me, the unknowns lead to interesting stories. And and so that's what I love. Like when I find myself talking about stories that have happened from travel, more often than not, it's an RV story because these wild, unexpected things happen. You mentioned your business, Harvest Host. Tell us how it works because I I know and I think it's a great model. Yeah, thank you. So it's very simple. It's a membership organization for RVers. Uh, So if you own an RV... Uh, that's self-contained with a bathroom on board. You can join Harvest Toasts for a low fee. It's about $79 for an entire year. And that gives you unlimited access to stay overnight at over a thousand wineries, breweries, farms, distilleries, golf courses, really unique places. Um, And you don't pay anything uh, per night. So there's no per night fee to, to stay anywhere. But we do Suggest that you support the local businesses that you're visiting. So if you go to a farm, you can buy some of the produce, and we've gotten such nice fresh produce. If you go to a winery, obviously you can en- enjoy, the, enjoy a few bottles and not have to drive anywhere, which is one of our favorite things. My wife and I both enjoy wine, and before harvest hosts, only one of us could go tasting, right because the other one had to drive the rig. Now we'll pull up on a beautiful scenic you know winery somewhere, enjoy maybe a little too much wine and then crawl back to the RV for a nice sunset and you know sleep. So it, it's, um, it's a fun program. Uh, it's all over the United States. So it's in all the lower 48 states and Alaska. We're in every Canadian province. And we're in Baja, California, Mexico. Not yet in Australia, but I, do, I, I know that uh, caravanning is super popular there. So maybe one day we can try to expand into other places.
0: And the van life uh, movement which has been going from the seventies really, but has that, you know, it's no longer gray nomads that get into RVs or caravans and, you know, do a lap of Australia or whatever route they would take in America. It's young people wanting to live off the grid. And are you seeing that increased increasingly in America?
3: Yes. Yes. It's um, it it is. RVing has become a cross section of the entire culture,
4: right?
3: We have lots of young people, in their 20s even, as young as 20s, who are giving up what they call it here, giving up the sticks and bricks uh, instead for a van life uh, experience. And sometimes that's, you know, a year, a couple of years full-time on the road, sometimes longer. But um, yes, young people are really, they seem to be enthralled with road tripping because of the freedom we talked about earlier. Uh, it's less expensive, obviously. I think people, and especially the younger generation today, is really they're prioritizing experiences over goods. And so instead of having a house full of a ton of things, they do the van life with a very simple lifestyle full of experiences. Um, So yeah, so we're seeing that on both ends actually. So we've got the young people, but we also have, as you call them the gray nomads, I love that, a lot of our parents' generation retiring, and they're also excited to finally get on the road and start traveling. So we're seeing it growing at both sides.
0: Yeah. And look, less is more. The tiny house movement in Australia is huge as well. I'm not sure what it's like in America. You know, that idea that you don't need to have four bedrooms and three bathrooms and two living areas and you know, 17 different types of dining settings. <laughs> it's um, right. just pared back lifestyle. And with the van lifers, how much do you think is influenced by Instagram?
3: Ooh, good question. Um, Instagram certainly has a huge impact. I think all social media does. I I think that social media was a pretty big driving force for van life because it opened people's eyes to what was possible. And when you get on Instagram or you get on Facebook or whatever, Snapchat, and you see your friends in a really cool van with the back open looking over the Grand Canyon, how, how do you not get addicted to that. Right. So yes, I think, I think social media of all types has driven this movement.
0: Now you offer unique places to stay, but pre COVID, there were about 60,000 new trailer camping spots um, that was supposed to come that are becoming available in the U S. So you guys are really set up with infrastructure, aren't you?
3: Yes. we have, right. So we have total, I'm looking at my, my list here. We've 1,114, sorry, 1,414 locations And we have a team dedicated to adding new locations every day. And so our goal is to have that infrastructure, is to have a network of hosts everywhere so that no matter where in the country you are, really anywhere in North America, you can find a place to stay. And it's interesting with, you know, the, the campgrounds were getting pretty full here in the US last year. Now that there's all these new RVers hitting the roads, we might see a little bit of um, bursting at the seams. So so we're working as fast as possible to add more and more hosts so that um, there's always a place for people to stay.
0: And also in your national parks, uh, state and national parks, there's enough in- infrastructure there for people to pull in and, and stay for a couple of nights? Y-
3: yes and no. The the infrastructure is good. The cam- If you can get them, the camp spots are great. <laughs> um, I think people are going to have a hard time finding spots this summer. And we're seeing that already like Arches National Park opened recently here and they had to close it within like three hours because so many people went to the park, not just our RVers, but they were overrun because everyone's so excited to get back to the national parks. So, so the answer is yes, we've stayed at lots of national parks. You just have to book pretty far ahead of time um, or go for the last minute cancellations. And so I'm, as we talked about, I'm not a plan. I don't plan months in ahead. Uh, you know, and some of these parks, you have, to, you have to book six months ahead of time in order to get a spot. We have stayed places like the Grand Canyon where we'll show up and I'll go and ask the park ranger, hey, did anybody not show up today? And oftentimes there are no shows and you can grab their spots.
0: So in your year of traveling, apart from the Grand Canyon, where you've mentioned you stayed, give give us your biggest highlight.
3: Yeah, let's see. So every year we spend a few months on the road. We're, we our, our home base is in Colorado, Vail, Colorado. So we typically head east. Um, we'll like kind of go south and around and come back around. So we'll do big circles around the U.S. and try new states and new locations every time. Last year was pretty interesting. So one of the most unique events we attended was the Formula One race in Austin, Texas. And our viewers can go boondock. And so we stayed in this big parking lot with like a thousand other RVers and it was so much fun. Everyone was partying and going to the car races and coming home and playing cornhole and drinking games. And that was really quite a good time. We then headed to Florida, which is always a, you know, a nice place when, when it starts getting cold. Stayed at a couple of Harvest Host locations uh, on golf courses, which are always pretty. And then man, the number of wineries, we love wineries. So I think 2019, we hit a whole bunch of wineries. And they're all so different and so unique. We stayed at a winery in Canyon City, Colorado that was built in the 1800s by monks. And so it's a monastery. It is no longer a monastery, but it's still an active winery. And so it's this beautiful like 1800s monk monastery building where you can go park among the vines as a Harvest Host member and enjoy wine. So that, most recently that was my most unique trip.
0: Perfect. Links to Harvest Host in show notes. And Phil, I don't really want to quit my job and hit the road, although I haven't gotten oh, Not much. <laughs> I have recorded interviews in the fan before, so before that it was converted. So it is possible to do that. Yeah, both,
2: you right? need that sort of ripply acoustic foam on the inside of it, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorted. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Peter Burke runs Travelers Auto Barn. They rent out camper vans. And while Joel was enthusiastic about road travel being a banner year, Peter has a slightly different take.
5: It's not going to be a top year for anything. The question really is, what's the year going to be like for RV travel? I think the answer is it's it's going to get a little bit of press because um, it does sound like a good idea to you know for everyone who's been locked up, and it's one of the very few things that you can do post lockdown and post and you can still remain isolated. So it's getting pressed. Just because the press have got it and they're talking about it, that could generate quite a bit of interest in it. But uh, chicken or egg, I don't know whether um, you know someone mentioned it in one story, and another journalist picked it up, and another one, and then a TV station, and they're running with it because it's uh, one of the few you know positive things. But look, the the New Zealand market and the Australian market—I don't think the domestic um, uptick from everyone being locked down and with no other choice but to see their own backyard. I don't think it's as big a deal here in Australia and New Zealand because, you know, nearly everyone has their own car. Um, But it is, it's probably a bigger deal in the U S the U S is definitely seeing a little bit of an uptick. They haven't, they just haven't taken to the, um, the isolation and the, Rules.
0: Well, they've had the best year. They've had the best year, Peter, for sales of RVs since nineteen seventy-two. So obviously it's more than just a story in America. People are actually acting on the idea.
5: Oh look, I don't know where you get that stat from because pre-COVID, um Apollo and THL in their financial reports were reporting part of the reason their whole share price is down is because of the slow sales of RVs. Uh, So there could be a surge, and there, def- there probably, definitely is a surge in sales right now. And if we're talking calendar years, twenty twenty, um, it could be the best year, um, but it has to be a late surge. And I, I'm not—I don't have those um, numbers. And plus, the other side to that surge could be that um, the yield is um, just not there. People are just selling to to generate cash flow. People. Are, Probably there could be good deals and and um, good offers on, and that would obviously see an increase in, in sales as well
2: now obviously apart from the effect it's having on your particular company um, and notwithstanding the lack of obedience to rules in the united states you, do you think do you think you're going to see more people embracing it though
5: I, look look i don't care whether the 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 media um, uh, whether there's any real truth or re- any you know huge numbers behind the positive news about RVs at the moment, um, but I, I, it it really doesn't matter because perception is reality, and and um, at the moment it is a hot topic. So I think coming out of it, um, all publicity is going to be good publicity, and this is strong publicity. So I think there is. One of the issues we had in the States is that we've introduced camper vans, not RVs, even though they are RVs. Everyone thinks RV, everyone thinks motorhome, and we've introduced camper vans. So there's a little bit of um, uh, uh, education required in that market over there. But I've got to be honest with you, there just seems to be little camper van companies popping up everywhere in the States. So again, I suppose it's like the introduction of good coffee to the States. It will spread. Everyone will enjoy a latte eventually over an Americano. Yes, I remember the, the first
2: time I, in New York or somewhere, I saw somewhere that sold flat
5: white. I went, awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: Do you reckon,
0: Peter, that's kind of driven too by the, the van life generation?
5: Uh, yep, yep. What came first, van life or Instagram? <laughs> I I, I'm going to say van life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, that is that is a really, really big market and it's very good for us. It's slightly different in that the true van wifer is living out of their van. They're not just renting it. But all that aside, who really wants to live in their van for that long? So a lot of people are going to like the idea of living in a van for a short while, but not forever. So I think we... I think we benefit from the hashtag van life thing immensely. Um, we love the imagery. Uh, we, we join in with that imagery and the message. I don't know where that came from, but I love it. You started back in 93
2: and the whole sort of backpacker uh, industry has changed since then. Yeah. But do you still come across some resistance from the camper vans? Is it still associated with, you know, a less desirable type of traveller?
5: I never, ever had that perception of our customers as being less desirable. I honestly believe that back then and even today, our travellers are travellers. They get in the car and we've got a big old pallet sign up at work, hand-painted, It said, attitude is the difference between ordeal and adventure. So our guys go out there. And they take a left turn, they take a right turn, they get lost, they break down, they run out of stuff, they have fights in the car, they discover places they didn't know about, um, they pick up new friends along the way, and they're, they're actually immersing themselves in the, in the destination. Uh, they're also living that it's not about the destination, it's the journey. I, I think our travellers are the only real travellers left in the world, everyone else is Commoditized and packaged, and and they they sold something, and uh, and then they graduate to a cruise ship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, Phil, did Peter not just kind of sum me up? Yes, I totally. The, yes, yes. I, look, I may have my own hashtag adventure, but I do. Oh, really? Yeah, we converted it just before um, COVID hit, so we haven't had a real. Um, we were campers before, but we've got the van. But one thing that we do is play left-right, and we don't only do it in Australia, but we've put, played it in, in Europe. It's, we always have our first night and our last night planned, and in between it's, okay, which way do you want to go quick? Is it going to be left or is it going to be right?
5: Exactly. That's the spirit. That's exactly what we're talking about.
0: And in playing that game on the way back from our trip to Mudgee, yeah. have you heard of a place or a little town called Sephala?
2: I have, actually, but I don't know why. The name rings a bell, though. Go on.
0: Well, it's an 1851 gold mining town. It is jaw-droppingly historic. Could have been a movie set. In fact, it has been featured in a number of films, including uh, an Australian film, Peter Weir's uh, The Cars That Ate Paris. Okay. Yep, yeah, and it was featured in the another Australian film, uh Sirens. So Oh, um, that's I'm the one s- about
2: uh who's the painter? Is it Lindsay?
0: Yeah. No Norman Norman Lindsay? Correct. Lindsay Look Dolan. at us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out for you and put it in show notes. Anyway, we were able to, and this is the beauty of, of road travel, you can just make decisions on the spot. So we stayed there and not for the night, we just checked it out, did a walk around the town, pulled out the kitchen by the river, made egg and bacon rolls and then hit the road again. Oh,
2: that's the way to do it.
0: I know, right? It was
2: so cool. Okay, look, still to come, the company offering our listeners a deal on a great road trip planning app. But let's head to the UK and catch up with Joe from Camper Holidays.
6: Um, so Camper Holiday is born of really nothing—nothing nothing short of love, admiration of all things V-dub camper vans. Really, um, we created Camper Camper Holiday because whenever we go somewhere in a van, you know everybody wants to stop, look at the van and you know, talk about places you've been, things that you've done. And, it, it, and it's kind of, it's amazing how many people are like, oh, wow, I wish we were brave and do that. or we'd love to do that. And it, you get all these kinds of responses. And I guess camper holiday is all about taking away, we're about making it easy for people. So the vans are, they're modern vans rather than the, the old style split screens. Um, so they come with a degree of reliability. Um, um, I have a friend who, um, who has a lovely split screen and I swear to God, for the first three years that I knew him, I thought he only had knees because the only part of his body was I saw his knees sticking out from under the van. Um, and, and so we make it easy because we also help people to plan routes. We figure out some nice um, campsites for them. And, and that's what we're all about. We're, we're about helping people go from that, oh, wow, we'd love to do that too. Doing it.
0: Well, I have someone with me who's done it, uh, Kate Duthie, our managing editor also from England. Now, Joe, what you're trying to do is help Brits plan a safe getaway on four wheels this summer.
1: Kate, what's it like to do a road trip in England? It's brilliant. There's so much diversity to the landscape in Britain and because I live in Australia, I do find myself getting quite defensive and argumentative because A lot of Aussie travellers and Antipodean travellers tend to go to Europe, they might fly into London, and then they immediately go to the continent. And I don't think they understand that Britain has, you know, mountains, lake regions, an an incredible coastline. And it's so diverse and interesting. And, and yes, the weather can be unpredictable, but, I mean, I think something like 70% of Britain is um, covered in, you know, open fields and moorlands there's national parks. So for me, it's just a no-brainer that you can go from the tip of Cornwall all the way to Scotland and just see completely different landscapes all the way. What do you think some of those misconceptions might be, Joe? Number one, I think,
6: is, is the weather. And, you know, we have dogs, and I can count on one hand the number of times a year that I get soaked walking the dog. Yeah, we do have rain, but it doesn't rain all day, every day. And the beauty of a camper van... Um, is that you, you follow the sun, right? So, you know, if you want to head to Scotland and the weather looks better on the East Coast than it does on the West Coast, then head up the East Coast routes, right? Um, that's the beauty of it. You are not, you know, don't get fixated on the destination. Get fixated on where you're going to get the best experience is, is kind of my take on it. So I think the first misconception is the weather. I think the second misconception, I think you're absolutely right, for people outside of the UK is it's all about London. Um, I love London. I've lived in London. Um, I'm a big fan of the tourist attractions that you can see in London. But it's hectic, um, it's stressy and in the current environment, it's, it's pretty tough to social distance. And, and the UK is so so much more than than, than London. Um, it, it is all of the things that you've just described. We have amazing mountains, we have amazing lakes, and the, the, some of our beaches are just some of the best in the world, in my view. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah. and 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 outside of London, there are other amazing cities. So one of the cities that's close to me is Chester, very similar to York in terms of appearance, but totally different to London. So if your experience of the UK is is London, then I think it's a really diluted experience of London, there is just so much more that the UK yeah. has to offer than
1: just London. Now, I noticed as well, Joe. quite a lot of the routes that you suggest um, for your customers are in the northwest, um, which, you know, again, doesn't always have the best weather compared to some other parts of Britain. Uh, do you have plans to maybe extend those routes? Yeah, so
6: we're very conscious at the moment that with everything that's going on, there is that that desire to stay local. Uh, we've still got some Welsh routes on there. I'm a Welshie; I can't help it. Um, but we're, we're proactive. We've got loads of other Welsh routes which we're not posting because we don't want to be seen to be encouraging people to cross the border when when all the Welsh police are trying to discourage that. So we are quite consciously trying to keep the routes quite local to the van at the moment. Um, But, you know, in the background, we've got the North 500 around the very northern tip of Scotland um, in the making with some fabulous photos that have been provided by one of our followers who did the route last year and they are just mind blowing. Um, we've got a route in Norfolk. We've of course got Devon and Cornwall. Um, literally loads for Wales. We've got bookings in August. People who, who really want to go to Wales and we're planning routes for them. We're just not publishing them at the moment because we think it gives the wrong message and is counter to the, to the messages that the Welsh Government are giving. Um, so it, it, at the moment, there is very much a, a local emphasis. It also means that it gives people the opportunity to just do a daybreak in the van because we are allowed to do that at the moment. Um, but you can't do a daybreak from where we're located. You can't do a daybreak to Norfolk from where we're located. So at the moment, I think what you're seeing on the website is more a reflection of circumstances. And as time goes on, Yeah, we're going to launch routes further afield in the UK, further afield in Europe. Um, And we're absolutely going to put some US and some Aussie and some Kiwi routes on there because it's about inspiring people about what they could see if they think about holidays in a slightly different way.
0: Okay, firstly, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, I'm just going to kind of challenge you both. You said you've got some of the best, sorry
1: to laugh, you've got some of the best beaches in the world. Kate, this is new to me. Joe. What, yeah, well, this what, is why sometimes I, I think maybe we're not really friends, Kim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, it was definitely tongue-in-cheek.
6: Um, Joe. camper holiday, how's it been affected by COVID? Positively, really. I mean, yes, it, it we've been quiet, sort of. We had Easter bookings that we've had to defer. Um, but they've been deferred and we've made that really easy for people, there hasn't been a financial penalty for people. We would have liked to have been super busy in, in May and June, and, and obviously that's not happened in June. I think we will do some more um, day hires, uh, which creates some logistical complications because we're cleaning the van. We're also trying to use UV and ozone to sanitise the van between um, handovers, etc. You know, we've we've had to kind of pivot and and change and adapt um, to, to that kind of thing, um, but really, you know, people are desperate and eager to be out and about in July and August and September and, and going on holiday and 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 actually, set a lot of people want to give their children some of the experiences they remember as children. Of- um, longer term bookings over the winter sun, still loads of interest in those. I think the, the the kind of the
1: January to March period. The other thing that I don't think a lot of people outside of Britain realise is there's a really massive festival culture. Yes. And particularly in <laughs> the summer months, thousands of people. There's a festival on every weekend and everybody goes and camps and the well-organised camping facilities, not just Glastonbury, but all over Britain. And that, that's a big part of the camping culture isn't it joe
6: yeah and i think you know there's a festival for everybody and um, there are arts and crafts festivals there are food festivals there are family orientated festivals with kids activities so
0: okay so people are sniffing around do you have the oh, infrastructure
6: yeah. to support you know increased travellers on the road or in the in the hmm. parks i think there's lots of different answers to that question yes i do think we've got the infrastructure Will the will the capacity be reduced because of social distancing? I don't know. That we're still waiting for guidance on that, Kim. So I don't know what effect that will have. Is what we are doing is you know when we are booking uh, planning routes for customers, we are advising that they do book at least a couple of nights in advance. And we are trying to get their bookings with campsites in place. If if they're going and they're just going to stay in situ at one campsite. We're trying to get that booking confirmed for them sooner rather than later because I do think that capacity will be reduced um, in order to achieve the social distancing.
0: Joe, in closing, is there anything that you wanted to share with the people tuning into this
6: particular episode who may not have had a camper van before? I would just be open-minded and, and give it a go, even if you've not tried it before.
1: Joe, before you go, I want to show up Kim, so I'm just going to share my screen. So we can show Kim yes. in Wales. I can
6: see all Rassili on there. <laughs> uh,
1: this beach is so beautiful. My mum's ashes are scattered on the hill above us. Oh, wow. Oh,
0: what am I going to say to that, Kate? Seriously. You can't
1: <laughs> say anything, can you? <laughs> no, <Nothing>. I
0: can't. <laughs> no, they are Nothing. beautiful pictures. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Ladies, thank you so much for um, joining in the conversation. Fantastic. And, yes, happy to keep in touch. I did have to take it back, Phil. The beaches they showed me were stunning. Mm -hmm. And thanks to Kate for her insight in that chat. Now, Togo, it's a time-saving RV app that helps RVers keep track of service, maintenance, vehicle info, trip checklists. But they also have a second app. It's called Road Trippers. It's the one that I use and love. And Stephen is here to tell us more about
4: both. (laughs) Yeah, Togo RV uh, is an app uh, built um, uh, just not too long ago, essentially to help streamline the user experience of RVing. Um, There's a lot of complex, uh, complex things in RVing these days, from complicated vehicles to finding places to stay to servicing and maintaining your vehicle and, the, and checklists. And we've, we've tried to create an app that kind of boils that down into something really simple uh, to take a little bit of the stress and anxiety out of the camping trip.
0: Okay. Well, I've downloaded the Road Trippers app, so I'll be able to give a firsthand experience of what that is like, but how is it different to the Togo RV app?
4: Roadtrippers is specifically about trip planning, uh, point to point, um, and and sort of mapping. You know where you're going and finding and discovering all the little places along the way that are interesting. Uh, Togo RV is is really a superset of of that experience, um, filtering it for RV destinations. Right, so we take away things like hotels out of the experience and we we put in campgrounds instead. We also focus on a few features that are important to RVers, like like checklists. Uh, you know, there are things about arriving at a campground, departing from a campground, getting your vehicle ready to, you know, to go out on a trip for the first time in a season. We we build these checklists for users, allow them to customize them. Um, we've integrated that into the Togo RV app as well. To Kind of uh, create this combination of stress reducer and uh, you know exploration and and RV content um, discovery all in in one simple app.
0: Okay, well, at World Nomads, the travel podcast. Uh, as we know it, is destination focused. And then every second week, we highlight uh, an amazing nomad, someone that's demonstrating things like love, fear, connection, discovery through travel. Obviously, we haven't been able to travel because of the pandemic, but now we're starting to see what travel is looking like post-COVID. And RVing is Definitely at the top of the list. Do you see twenty twenty as a as a banner year for
4: hitting the road? Yeah, we we absolutely do. Uh, I mean, I've seen it i I've seen it listed several ways as the the summer of the RV or the summer of the road trip, and I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I think uh, we want more control over our environment when we travel right now, um, and. RVs are almost this this lifeline to that where you have ultimate control over your micro environment and you can move it to whatever destination you would like to go to. So RVing seems like a solution to a problem that we're experiencing globally. And uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, it comes with a lot of other responsibilities, too. I mean, we can't say that without also, you know, saying like there are are you know, things you want to do to protect yourself and to protect others um, so that you're not being irresponsible out there. And there's, we've published some articles on that, both on roadtrippers.com as well as togorb.com with, with guides, um, including a state by state guide uh, in the U S for, you know, the individual closures and restrictions um, at all the major camping facilities. So uh, it's not, it's not a free for all this summer, uh but it surely does look like a summer that that is good for RVs. And there there is a bit of Americana to it, right? Like we've we've all dreamt of, you know, the big epic road trip and uh that is a little bit baked into our sort of American travel story if you will, even, you know, going back to Route 66 and, you know, then the founding of the interstate system, uh, you know, made road travel a lot easier in this country. So it, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, there's a lot of activity around, uh, RV, RV purchases for sure. And I think we're just seeing the beginning of it. I think it'll, it'll stay hot through the course of the summer.
0: How many downloads of both apps have you seen?
4: Um, it's been really interesting to watch our app downloads over the course of COVID. Um, we were, you know, seeing record app downloads with the road trippers app prior to the the pandemic really hitting the States. And what happened was, is we we dropped about 70, almost, almost 80% in volume towards the end of March and early April. Uh, just the idea of travel just disappeared. Um, it, it, Uh, It was quite remarkable how quickly downloads and uh, trips planned by users dropped off. That's not only recovered to um, be on pace with last year, but we've actually seen uh, uh, that superset of RV users using uh, road trippers. That's actually rebounded much faster. Um, It's come back at a much faster rate than, um, than... uh, car travelers has. Uh, so that's, that's been really interesting to follow. Uh, so we're not only encourage people to like camp close to home, discover, you know, be a tourist in your own state or your own region, um, and, you know, discover what's, what's nearby. Uh, but take advantage of some things, uh, uh, one thing we call here, uh, mooch docking, which is basically, you know, camping in a friend's driveway. Um, uh, and, uh, those are the things that, uh, we sometimes take for granted, and I think those are great opportunities to to get out right now, even in a, a restricted environment.
0: So true, Stephen. And if you download the Road Trippers app or just go to the site, links in show notes, use the code word WORLDNOMADS, one, all one word, and they'll give you a discount if you upgrade to the pro version. You can get a free version, but with, like, anything, pro versions give you those extra bells oh, and whistles. That's a so- great offer. Yeah, we'll put the link in so, uh, show notes. Great. Like yeah.
2: Thanks very much for that offer from those guys. That's wonderful. Look, we're about to wrap up, but we will share a few articles in show notes on why road trips are more likely post-pandemic, including expert advice for a safe trip, plus what to know about the reopening of the US national parks.
0: The National Park Service also advises visitors to check nps.gov to find a specific park's current conditions. Um Look, if you've got anything that you'd like to add or share with us that we can pass on, get in touch by emailing podcast at worldnomads.com. Oh,
2: and look, just one other thing we'll share in the show notes as well. It's a link to our episode that we did on van life. So check that one out too.
0: Yep. Next time we revisit a couple we featured as amazing nomads who were or are traveling the world in their catamaran. Remember the winds? Yep,
2: yep, yep. Gone with the winds. Yep
0: gone with the winds, but with borders and ports closed, they're stuck in Fiji. They have been for months and their beloved floating home is an hour away in Tonga.
2: Oh no, can't wait to hear that one. See you then.
5: Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.